Thanks for tuning in to the Teesside Podcast. Today, I have a very special guest, one of my favorite people in the whole wide world, my brother, DeMarco. DeMarco, tell us a little bit about yourself. Hello, Tanya. So great to be here. And uh, I'm so proud of you with your podcast as well. Uh, my name is DeMarco, and uh, my, Tanya thinks she is my second mama, and I think she is actually as well. She's definitely been an angel. Uh, and uh, just growing up uh, with uh, an amazing sister like Tanya, uh, one of the things that made her amazing was being able to listen to so many, so many great, so much great music, so many musicians, uh, but also uh, being able to hear a lot of songs that I probably should not have been listening to, <laughs> uh, and heard a lot of songs and that were that I was able to that exposed me to different understandings and different learnings uh, that than that my friends did because they weren't allowed to listen to certain things. Uh, but more importantly, some some of these uh, some of the music. Uh, really influenced me to pursue different things in life, which led me to uh, just a life of volunteerism, a uh, life of being involved in politics, uh, as well as uh, a life just involved in serving the community. Okay. And I did not tell him to say all those nice things about me, but thank you. I appreciate it. No problem. And I do feel like I am his second mother. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yep. But there's a big age difference. That's why I'm I think seven years older than he is. So there's mm-hmm. a big age difference. He, yep. Which is, again, probably why he should not have been listening to some of the things he listened Definitely to. Definitely <laughs> not listening. Definitely should not have been listening to NWA or especially Choice. Should not have been listening to her at all. See, that's underground. Most people don't even know about Choice, but no, whatever. They, they think WAP is new. No, it's <laughs> <laughs> WAP is not new. Nope, not at all. Mm-mm. Okay, so I let him pick the topic for today. So he wanted to talk about music and how it's influenced us over the years, so... Mm-hmm. What are we talking about, Mark? So, yep. So, I like to call this uh, 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 the topic alarm music. Uh, alarm music, music that stimulates our conscious and verbalizes our realities. Uh, I call it alarm music because one of the gifts that uh, my sister most likely contributed on when I was a young, uh, young teenager was a CD player, an alarm clock CD player. And one of the great things about this alarm clock, I it was that I was allowed to. Uh, select the, the the track of whatever CD I had in the CD player to wake up to. And it I remember it was in 1994 where I had a literally a rotation of certain CDs that would have certain songs on them that were really conscious heavy. Uh, and I really appreciated having those albums again because I would not have heard about these artists if it wasn't for my sister. Uh, and one, one thing that I, re- that I remember doing, it was being very conscious the night before thinking about what song I wanted to wake up to the next day. And it was songs from uh, Tupac's Me Against the World, uh, uh, The Coops, Genocide and Juice, or uh, Goody Mob's uh, Soul Food album. Uh, so it was, it was so, so I had a, a, a good a balance of what music I was listening to as well. So, but we grew up in a very musical family. Uh, so that's one thing that I, uh, my sister and I appreciate. Uh, that's one of the positive things that we got from my family. I we forgot to music. tell you all. Sorry to cut mm-hmm. you off. Are you good? He's a deep thinker. So. Oh yes. Yeah. <laughs> I I don't know where he got it from. I think he, very he deeply. Said, oh, see, he's trying to use my whatever. <laughs> you know that's my song, but whatever. I just wanted to give you all a heads up. He's on a whole different level sometimes. Go sometimes, ahead. sometimes. So uh, one of well, again, one of the things we we are, are really value was music. 
uh, our dad, uh, his birthday actually with me yesterday, and uh, was recording. But we, uh, he always had music playing in the background, uh, and uh, for for multiple reasons. But even then, even if it wasn't for him, our mother, of course, would have music playing, especially on cleaning up on Saturday mornings. Oh, uh, for sure. Yeah, and one of the things I really appreciated about our parents uh, was again, like they they didn't really uh, limit the music we were allowed to listen to. But they made sure that we understood what messages were being shared, uh, whether they were positive or negative uh, and things like that. So I remember one of the times when I was listening to NWA or something of that nature. And, and our dad, who uh, who was a real life dope man at the time, <laughs> uh, but also a firefighter. So, you know, he definitely had a heart of gold when it was all said and done. But uh, he asked me uh, and I was young. I was really young. He asked me, he's like, son. The things these guys are talking about, the fact that they're talking about them out loud, uh, do you think they really do all this stuff? And of, of course, me being young and impressionable, I was like, yeah. But he also was like, well, if these guys are really doing half the stuff they're doing, how long do you think they're going to live? And I was, at that age, I still knew, like, oh, they probably going to live that long. And then he said, you think if they, if they are really doing those type of activities, are they really, and how long do you think they're going to go until they get arrested? I'm like, yeah, they, I kind of are telling on themselves. They don't make sense. He was like, son, that's entertainment. Real gangsters don't t- don't say what they do out loud. They don't. That's not what they do. And it helped me understand entertainment all around. It it and even it was almost in, in relationship to uh, wrestling, right? It's sports entertainment. It's not real competitive. Like we know there, somebody's already selected a winner and a loser. But when it came to music, it was a mess. It's about the message. What message is being displayed or being shared? And why is it being shared at the time it was being shared? So, and and I remember uh, there were certain things that, certain also, certain certain really uh, fun things we used to do. Like, Tanya, she used to always record videos. What, always. Like, I still have my VHS tapes. VHS Nothing tapes. to play them on, but I still have them. <laughs> right. Why would you record videos so much? So I could go back and watch them. Right. Like, that, like why would you do that? Because I wanted to go back and watch them. Like, what, they was my, those were my jams, my favorite songs, my favorite artists. Mm-hmm. I needed right. to see them. I needed to see LaBert Casanova 30 times in my, I don't yeah. know. <laughs> yeah. So, I mean, so I think that's one of the other great things is that we definitely uh, value the, the genres, the different genres of music as well. So, while we mm-hmm. could, you know, we definitely, like, we appreciate the R&B, but we definitely grew up hip-hop. I mean, I think Tanya yeah, is yeah. older than hip-hop. Shut up. <laughs> I am not older than hip hop. Okay. I was born at the end of the same year it came out. Oh, okay. But still. Still. Right. Uh so and also one of the things that we also appreciate the value was the the aspect of uh of how religion and not even necessarily religion, but just learning about religion actually played in our family as well. We definitely were always uh somebody always took us to church. Uh, at one point in time or another, and um, mm-hmm. and therefore just learning different songs, but then also you know trying to learn how to read the Bible, especially the old King James version. That was mm-hmm. challenging. It was tough. Uh, but then listening to and hearing how certain songs definitely played out, or uh, they would talk about the Bible as well. That made us even more interested in learning about the Bible. You was mentioning earlier about the KRS One song that I've never even heard before. Why is that? That's the really the only reason I that's, started listening. That's, that's the name of the song? Why is that? Why is that? Okay. Yeah. That's, it was on the blueprint of hip hop. 
Mm. It came out in 89, 1989. Oh, wow. So, yeah. He, because I didn't understand anything that was being said in the Bible no. with all the thousand. <laughs> right. Yeah, th- I didn't get it. The old but, King James Version is garbage. <laughs> yeah, so... I was like, well, if that's what they're saying, then why don't they just say that? It didn't make sense. But I believe in that song, he said, Genesis chapter 11, verse 10, explains the genealogy of Shem. So I could go back to Genesis chapter 11, verse 10, and literally look it up. Mm-hmm. He was like, he was a black man out of Africa. I was, And I was like, really? Oh, yeah. Okay. Mm. So it really just gave me a new insight on mm-hmm. aside from understanding things that were being said in the bible mm-hmm. it challenged my thinking right that's why krs1 is the teacher mm-hmm. there you go i think very deeply Shut up. <laughs> <laughs> no i remember listening and hearing the uh the message uh by what was that grandmaster flash and the Fierce five. five yep and i remember listening to that when i was when i got an older and it was a, incredible like i mean i was 10, 11. I mean, I think it came out, you said, in what, 1982? 82. So, I definitely was not listening. Like, I didn't have no comprehension of what was being said in 1982 because I was only one at the mm-hmm. time. Maybe one. And, but just listening, when I was listening to it, I'm like, wait a minute. When was this song made? Like, this was, so that's what I think I like about certain music, certain albums, certain things. Uh, is, is And is that not in the, uh, you said, you said it maybe. it's in, in the, the. It's in some time vault of most influential hip hop songs or something mm-hmm. like that. Yeah. So if there's a fact checker out there, please let us know, right? Let us know if that's if that's true or not. Um, but if it's not true, then we, it should be true because it is definitely one of the greatest songs. And okay. Yeah. It definitely told the it gave you a picture of what was happening in real life mm-hmm. in the neighborhood. Yeah. I'm not from New York, but thinking, wow, is that really happening? Mm-hmm. You know, junkies in the alley, baseball bats, like, whoa, you know, yeah. came and took my mother's TV, like, wow, it's just not healthy, you know, it was mm-hmm. like, wow, that's crazy. Right. And, and I was like eight, maybe, mm. but the visualization, I got the whole picture, like, wow, real mm-hmm. life, that's really happening. Right. And and maybe one day, uh, Tiny will tell the story of how somebody did take our great-grandmother's TV and what happened after that. I'm not going to share that right now. That's for another topic because that was tragic. So, but yeah. there were other, so so the message, uh, why is that by KRS-One, the message. Boogie Down Productions. Boogie, yeah, thank you for correcting me. Uh, thank you. Uh, Boogie Down Productions was another song. Um, there were some other songs like that that came up, that came up and during the time frame, like what were some of the other songs that really made a difference to you Uh when it came to like how you started to learn about the world in itself from some of the videos that I recorded, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm, hey. which I played over and over, over so I and could over. learn it over and over <laughs> was uh Stetsasonic. Oh yes. A F R I C A mm-hmm. Angola, Soweto, Zimbabwe. Zimbabwe. Yeah. I had no idea what they were, where I'm like, Oh, mm-hmm. Africa and you know, learning about Nelson Mandela. Mm-hmm. And apartheid had no idea. No idea. No idea. That's one of the things I ask people. Like, when did you first learn about such and such, right? Like, when did you first learn about, let's just say, Nelson Mandela and apartheid? I, it, too, was for me, was through Set the Sonic. 
uh, even learning about countries of Africa. Like, now I'm not going to go off into no deep, no deep tangent here, but people, you know, it, it, it cracks me up. People say, go back to Africa. And I'm like, which country? I don't know which country you're talking about. Like, uh, Angola? No. <laughs> Zimbabwe? Tanzania? Zambia? Mozambique? Like, Botswana? <laughs> exactly. You know, so, but, uh, but not only that, we have to, that, that's one of the great things I loved about that song was that it really did open up Africa itself, like, to us who, they, again, our parents didn't. didn't Middle listen. America. Right. And I mean, I, was, I think Black History was still just a week when that song came out. It might have been just starting to come yeah, up Black History I think Month. It may have just, yeah, just like, become a month. Right. So, and we still was like still barely learning Black History in a, from America standpoint. Like, but mm-hmm. to know that Black History starts before the, even America was even conceived because it goes back to. Africa. Africa and to be able to have a rap group that was relatively popular for what song was it the way Sally walks like oh. <laughs> <laughs> which I actually listened to yesterday as a matter of fact right but, oh, I mean yeah. that song come on in the club now people are like oh that's my jam right but no one plays uh free South Africa like no one plays that in the club right but uh it's amazing that that group was able to you know have a the way Sally walks song in the free South Africa and talking about uh uh, nobody is free until we are free like those type of concepts um, yeah, that was the that's the thing about music mm-hmm. about hip hop mm-hmm. hip hop educates the masses I'm not going to even talk about the whole cultural appropriation but people did not know about things going on until NWA started talking about it, it was like whoa whoa right. that's drastic right you know but like everybody was relating to like, yeah, yeah, you know what, you're right, after police. Like, yeah. And now first off, you know, disclaimer, like we don't you know, like we love the police. Well, we love some people like who are police officers, but the occupation itself is definitely still a challenge. And we have a brother who's a police officer. So we don't mm-hmm. want all police officers to arrive home safely. Right? Let's right. make that clear. We want all police officers to arrive home safely. We also want our nieces and nephews who are not police officers to arrive home safely. Uh, and without having to say, hey, my daddy, a police officer, the majority of the time, they most likely won't get that courtesy. So mm-hmm. uh, we definitely understand that. But there were other songs uh, like so NWA definitely came out out and just Woo. gut punched America uh, and it resonated. And I think that's one of the things about, again, hip hop. It resonates throughout different different cities. There's experiences mm-hmm. some of the same things. Um, but well, go ahead. Before NWA. Well, maybe it was close around the same time, but you had Public Enemy. Mm-hmm. They were fighting the power. Oh, yeah. Fighting the powers that be. Mm-hmm. They were, woo. Yeah. What's your favorite uh, Public Enemy song and lyric? Go ahead and say I know you want to. Black Steel in Our Chaos. Mm-hmm. I got a letter from the government the other day. <laughs> I know. Okay, I'm not going to do it. I'm not going to do ahead, it. Go ahead, do it. Uh-uh. You got to get your energy up. Get it there. Go. Nope. <laughs> but, yeah, that's my favorite. As you all can tell, I like egging my sister, but I like it, like it when she get angry, when she get when she get rowdy. I like that. So no, but yeah, definitely though. Public Enemy again, like discussing, uh, and I mean they were discussing the 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 issue with the prison system. Mm-hmm. Like, uh, I mean, I remember seeing the video uh, where they are rapping from behind bars, or they, even the that was the album cover was like that, right? So that was Black Steel and Our Chaos. Yeah, exactly. So I mean, it just sounds like that, and then of course, uh, we definitely not gonna get into the to the overall discussion. But uh, the but the self destruction came out 
And that was a self-destruction that was also led by KRS-One and Boogie Down Productions and Miss Melanie and all those uh, up in the New York and East Coast area. Uh, that was a huge. That was a huge, uh, huge song too. Mm-hmm. Well, like, what, what, how did, what, what started self-destruction? Like, how do you remember? Like, what came about? Like, oh, why did I do? But of course, I'm drawing a blank at the moment. Okay, but it was just about because it was a lot of gang wars. Ooh, yeah, I forgot about colors. But yeah, it was a mm-hmm. whole lot of well, black like on black that. crime. Okay, you know, it was way before I time. Like, it was just a lot mm-hmm. of stuff like that. Like. Mm-hmm. We destroying each other. Gotcha. Gotcha. Yeah. And one of the things I did like about uh, self-destruction, uh, again, it talked about how, so the song did like discuss a few of the things that were influencing uh, those who were involved in self-destruction, right? And even uh, even today, like we, like you say the phrase, like black on black crime. And that was a always a popular thing. Uh, I let people know, though, that black and black crime is not a term that we should even be using because no one says white and white crime or Asian right. or Asian crime. It's just crime. It's 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 violence. Um, now I'm gonna get, you know again I'm involved in politics and looking at systems. Uh, I often say that uh, community violence and police violence are measurable manifestations of policy violence. Policy violence. When we look at the policies that were happening in New York. Uh, at the at the, at the time, uh, and mind you, this might have been before or even during with Reaganomics. Reaganomics, uh, when you get into the the the, the stop and frisk policies, uh, when you get into how the banks were allowed to be uh, deregulated, all these things end up being styles of violence, but they're just so high up, or they're even political violence, or again policy violence. Um, and then we saw how uh, you know from self destruction to uh, the song Colors and then Same Gang uh, from the, with the West, Co- all, the West Coast All-Stars. Mm-hmm. Um, it, it talked about how the, there's just the destruction of communities, the destruction of black neighborhoods and communities were allowed. And again, it was through policies. Uh, so, you know, I appreciate and value the song. Of, I loved hearing songs like Self-Destruction and even Same Gang. I remember when Mike Brown was murdered, the radio station played, certain, played literally played Fight the power, self destruction, same game on uh like songs like that uh mm-hmm. on August 9th, twenty fourteen. Now unfortunately they went right back to playing the same uh mumble rap songs playlist. <laughs> playlist the corporate playlist the next day. You know, but it was just so much richness uh that's really that stood out in the early nineties, uh as well that like, you know, and that, and I mean again I'm thinking of like Tupac's Mill Against the World is classic and so many others. So uh, and you said like you, what song did you say that really stood out for you for Tupac was it Brenda's Got a Baby yeah it was really just again the story mm. because you know again I feel things mm-hmm. a, it was pretty much just words I didn't know him didn't know anything about this Brenda quote mm-hmm. character person he was talking about but I had the cassette single as a matter of fact wow <laughs> I did, but mm-hmm. I remember reading or hearing about it and like, wow, that was a true story. Mm-hmm. The problem was I was already feeling like some type of way about it, but to realize that, you know, that really was a real story and things like that happen mm-hmm. in real life. Mm-hmm. And although it didn't happen to me, I could relate in a certain way. 
Mm -hmm. And so, yeah, that was just really deep. I remember playing it. <laughs> I, played, oh, wow. I played it for mama. Did you? But I always played songs for her and mm. she didn't really care. She's like, okay, great. <laughs> yeah, all right. Right. And I was like, but listen, but he's saying, and then she got pregnant and it was her. And she was like, okay, Tanya, mm. great. But she would always pretend like she was listening, yeah. which I appreciated. But I knew she really was not. <laughs> yeah, but yeah, that was that was just really impactful for me. And honestly, she had two sides more or less. But he, you know, he would have his party songs, but he talked about Dear Mama. Mm -hmm. He talked about things that were really going on, mm -hmm. being from his family, being Black Panthers. Right. He had a different outlook on things. Mm-hmm. And now looking back, yeah, mm, yeah, yeah, how wrong was he? Mm, right. Exactly, right. I mean, to be so young and vibrant as well. I mean, I I, I still listen to uh, Tupacalypse now strictly for my niggas. Like you again, some of the things he was discussing sounds like a lot of things that are happening today. Mm -hmm. um, so, which I think it was also part of what makes certain music timeless. Again, we can talk yeah. about uh, the message from 1982 uh, as well. So, uh, as you know, as we thinking about the music that's impacting us today. Like what music would you say is connecting with you the same way today? Do you have, do you have any of like some of the like more modern uh, artists? You know what? I'm sure there is, but okay. you know, I can't really think of any offhand mm -hmm. more or less, but I do remember cause I don't listen to a lot of today's stuff. Mm -hmm. I just can't do it, mm -hmm. but I do like some Kendrick Lamar Okay, in the one song. Just because that's kind of where I'm at in my life mm -hmm. is sit down, be humble, just <laughs> yes. just just sit down, mm -hmm. chill out. Right, like, you gotta be nice to the next person. Mm -hmm. Just because you don't know what's going on with the next person, right? Clearly, it's a lot going on. It's a lot going on. So it's a you lot know, going on. I I do like some of the messages in his songs. Um, mm -hmm. With so much going on with George Floyd, yes. Trey Songs came out with the song. Mm-hmm. How many more times? Right. And actually, D-Nice played it in club quarantine. Mm. He played it, and I cried like a baby. I was like, oh, Lord, wow. why, like, why, why is my shirt wet? Like, mm. I really, really cried. Mm-hmm. And then he played it again. And then mm -hmm. I was able to really listen to it. Mm-hmm. But, yeah. Yeah. That was... Yeah. Because that's, that's really powerful. how where everybody that's kind of how everybody was feeling. Yeah. Like how much more can we take? How many more times mm -hmm. are we gonna have to deal with this? Yeah. It's too much. Too so. much. Too much. You know, that reminds me of the quote. Uh, I think I think uh, Harry Belafonte uh, mentioned that uh, when the movement is strong, the music is strong. And mm -hmm. right now we do see a different level of of, of Black Lives Matter. Uh, 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 and even the concept of defunding the police, which is really the reallocation of funding uh, for some people. And then other people think that it's about actually abolishing the concept of police because they did police did start from a concept of protecting property, which AKA also slaves. Like, so, mm -hmm. so therefore it's different meaning, different, different interpretations for different people uh, figure out your, that for yourself. Uh, but uh, you know, when I when when I was I was absolutely amazed uh, when I watched uh, I, don't, I think it was the BET Hip Hop Honors or Awards. I'm not even show, sure what the show was anymore. But 
every artist this was during quarantine. Yeah, going on quarantine. Yeah, everything's a blur. It's a blur, of. right? <laughs> but almost every segment from uh, artists, uh, the baby and others, like had something to do oh, with yeah. some type of injustice that was uh being that was happening, uh, and some of the other artists uh, were sharing. Um, and then you had uh, so again just to see BT or Viacom uh, allowing these images be portrayed, but then seeing others people like uh, Nick Cannon. Um, people like uh, who he did he did a, a, an amazing uh, oh, he sure did. spoken word piece that. to a certain degree. Uh, Usher uh, did "I Cry." cry. Yeah. Uh, uh, Toby, uh, yeah. amazing artist. Him and his his wife and his whole crew. Um, yeah, I do remember they, that. They one. Uh, did the uh, the segment of uh, for "Rest of Killers" of Breonna Taylor. Uh, yeah, I I remember I shared yeah, that one. You know, exactly. I share a lot online, exactly. but I did share that one. Exactly. I also like his. He said, uh, "Try Jesus, not me." So that's also my jam. Yes. <laughs> okay. Uh, yeah. And speaking of Jesus, like it's interesting to see how uh, you mentioned uh, Kendrick Lamar. I love Kendrick Lamar. I love the album "Good Kid, Mad City." Uh, to me, it's right up there with the Tupac "Me Against the World," and because he talked about so many different aspects. He talked. He talked about aspects of what is it like for uh from a, from a, from a perspective of being a young woman uh who's who's dealt who's been dealt so many horrible cards in her life uh but then also being a family member of that 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 sister that woman and to have that perspective have that insight to be able to give that a voice uh the song uh sing about me uh was just extremely touching because again it talks about people who are impacted uh and the, the greater the greater community that's in, that's impacted, uh, but then even his uh, album uh, "To Pimp a Butt to Pimp a but- Butterfly," which mm-hmm. had segments of Tupac spliced in there, uh, and his song "We Go Be All Right" was literally yeah. became an anthem uh, that that we even used to that we even said or sang yeah, or mentioned I a couple do times that one. during during yeah, during different protests. But even how Ty Tribbett mm-hmm. and the GA and and GA. Uh, which is, I do believe, is God's assembly, right? It's a gospel artist. Ty Tribbett has done a rendition of "We Go Be All Right." Really? Yes. I, I was surprised too. Out. I was surprised as well. I'm like, is that is that? Am I hearing this correctly? And it was good. It was good, right? So I mean, I just appreciate that. But then also seeing how, um, are you familiar with uh, "Run the Jewels"? No, not really. Okay, no. yeah. So <laughs> so a lot of people don't. Uh, you know, some some people do. Some people don't. Uh, Run the Jewels is a duo of of LP from Brooklyn. He's a, a rapper from Brooklyn, white guy, a, a dope artist, uh, and Killer Mike. A lot of people know Killer okay, Mike. Yeah, I know Killer Mike. Right, and they actually just released their fourth album. Four. Uh, yeah. Oh wow. Run the Jewels four, uh, and they and one of the great things about them is that they you know uh, they actually uh, have control of their of their own distribution and they make their music nice. available for free. Oh. For no charge, you can download their songs for no additional charge. Uh, but they are very conscious, very conscious heavy. And to see the work that uh, artists like Killer Mike is attempting to do to bring about awareness, to bring about justice, to be standing next to uh, Mayor Keisha Bottoms mm-hmm. in the midst of a lot of tragedy that was going on in Atlanta uh, or even Georgia. Uh, so or even his participation with Stacey Abrams or uh, or Bernie Sanders. Like, it's incredible to see how hip hop. Has literally gone from uh, just being uh, not sorry, not just. There's no just from hip hop being the the aspect that is verbalizing the realities, but also positioning 
uh, people and communities and in, into places of power. Mm-hmm. Uh, so I just think that's incredible, and it's just it's amazing to see that happening uh, and the awareness that it continues to bring as well. So that's all I got to say about that <laughs> for the moment. I, I told you he he can get deep on you. I'm gonna have to bring you back so we can talk mm-hmm. politics one day. Oh, for sure, for sure. Because uh, I remember uh, remember still being like in around that same time frame, 1994. I was in and had an advanced English English class, and we had to do like write a poem, poem or a song or something. And I chose the song "What's Going On" by Marvin Gaye, and it was incredible again to hear listening to what was happening in the '90s or seeing what seeing and living what was happening in the '90s, still being spoken about uh, almost prophetically uh, by Marvin Gaye from what was it 1970 before I was even thought of. And so, here we are in 2020. Yeah. And we're still asking, what the hell is going on? What's going on and why is that? (laughs) Because there's a message. (laughs) Oh, gosh. All right, I'm done. You silly. I'm getting out of here. (laughs) So thank you. And I look forward to uh, hanging out with you next time. Yes, we'll have to do this again soon. All right. Well, thank you so much. I had fun. I always have fun talking with him. Hey. He's silly. He gets on my nerves, but I love him to peace. Like you say, he likes to egg me on. Mm-hmm. He's like my hype man. Yes. Anyway, thank you so much. I appreciate you all tuning in. And until the next time. Thanks for tuning in to this episode of the Teesside Podcast. You can find me on Instagram at the Teesside Podcast, all one word. If you like what you heard, head on over to iTunes to rate, review, and subscribe so you don't miss any of the episodes. And be sure to tell a friend about the show. Until next time.